side of red or switch they die Rob of the dog who loud his motorbike Looking for legends on the sunset strip With a stone cold paranormal partnership Metro Town Rick tried to sell me some crack Listen to the podcast man and take that shit back It's a Podcast about Oh, it's working. Hello and welcome to this week's Urban Legend Classic. A classic episode, well, two, from series one. Uh, You can hear the difference in quality very, very much. Um, And in some ways, it's nice to see how far we've come or alternatively how little we've improved in quite a long quite a long time of doing this. Um, So the first episode is a classic tale of uh, neglect within the manufacturing industry. So it's, uh, we've all heard the stories of animals being found in foodstuffs and uh, this is basically having a look and seeing if any of it's true. Um, I should warn you, it's quite a rambly one from what I've just heard back. It goes all over the shop. So um, this first classic is quite a uh, quite long. So maybe, uh, remember, you don't have to listen to it all at once <laughs> if you want to keep, uh, keep sane. Um, well, with no further ado, here is Soda Mouse from sometime in the summer of 2021. Some kind of rodent in a soda can. So, I mean, so this is one that you've come across before, and so I've come across a story, and it's you know, obviously, as we've we've talked about, it's British tabloid, so you know you can rely on this as absolute gospel. Hundred percent. It's a Daily Mirror, Chris. You know, oh, that's one of the better ones. Hard hitting journalism. The headline, man shocked to find a dead mouse in his Coca-Cola can after drinking it in a hole. And I'd never come across this, so I just took it at face value. And it's it's kind of quite a disgusting one, because, yeah, he's Damien from France, where he could have contracted Val's disease for drinking a rodent-infused Coca-Cola. Mm. And this isn't um, a new flavour. It's like those weird ones that they come out with, it's like cherry and vanilla all in the same one. A hint of lime and some... Yeah. <laughs> Rodent infused isn't one of their new, you know. Oh no, they're really big in Jakarta or whatever. Um, <laughs> apologies if that's massively racist to any of our friends from Jakarta, but um, wherever that might be. Um, Across the capital so, of Indonesia, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, that's not, yeah. <laughs> cut that, cut that, all that there. Um, nope. This is another. Yeah, this is another situation where you've <laughs> had to go at a. Massive area of people. <laughs> I'm having to cut one out every episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm not intentional. I just don't. No, you, you occasionally see, so you see one of these stories where they'll talk about. I can't remember where it is, but there's. Um, well, it's like McDonald's in Thailand. You can get really hot a, curries and stuff. Yeah. Or no, there's there's a but there's also there's um 
there's a Hitler branded restaurant somewhere oh, in yeah. uh, it's it might be Thailand, it might be somewhere else. I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong one. But um, you know, all, all adornment because you know, they, they never they hadn't really sort of like um have the same cultural awareness around the Second World War and the swastika and things like this. Um but yeah, some quite, you know, quite extreme imagery. Weirdly popular. Mm. Uh what's this? Yeah, it's in Thailand. So Thailand, a fried chicken restaurant. So I mean, if that's the thing, if it was good, I'd still go there. <laughs> I do like the yeah. fried chicken. Uh, in Ubon, uh, Ratchan, uh, Thanai. It literally called something like Hitler fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> there's hit well as a place hit, something like that. What's this one? So Hitler's cross from small bites to mega joys. <laughs> and there's one which is just called Hitler, which has. Um, to me, I know this is. I know it's terrible, but it, it amuses me. Um, I mean, there's brand recognition. You'll say that, but I don't think you, it's the wrong type of recognition. They have the KFC Colonel's outfit, so with the little sort of um, yeah, the bolo tie, whatever they call yeah, it. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not it's bolo, but tie. that weird little tie and the uh, yeah. apron on, and they've just banged Hitler's face on it and said that the colonel. <laughs> and it's just got Hitler written written next to it. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh, uh, and it is insensitive, but, I mean, there is something quite funny about it. Well, it's, it's, it's a sort of shock, isn't it? Because, obviously, yeah, it's, it's different context. But, uh... And they've changed, they changed the name after complaints. So... They basically just blacked out his outline, sort of coloured it in, so it's just a silhouette with a question mark over it, and it's just called H. <laughs> H. Everyone's done nice. It's called Hitler. I thought when you were going to say for a second there as well, they just put Hitler in blackface, so then it could, could possibly be racist. <laughs> Look, we that would be. I oh, know you, you somehow made it even worse. It's actually, ten times more offensive now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I'm not but, but, I, but I am massively keen on uh, on Goebbels tacos <laughs> anyway sorry carry on <laughs> right so he wasn't he wasn't eating at Hitler uh, well, I don't know where he picked up his can of coke anyway so he he was on his way from home after work he bought a can of cola apparently and he drank the whole thing off and yeah. then he Down found one. and there's a picture on here Dirty you can boy. see like a little little claw or paw or whatever you want to call that Little mouse foot. As he emptied the drink, was about to throw it in the rubbish bin. The resident of Varennes-Sen noticed the can still carried some weight. Mm. He found a dead mouse inside the soft drink can, reported the Parisian. He said, "I immediately called Coca-Cola, and they spent a good quarter of an hour trying to sort it out." I'll be honest with you. If you found a dead fucking mouse, I was going to say a good quarter. (laughs) You know, I mean that. You know. Cool, I mean, a quarter of an hour short amount of time. Not a long time to discuss that. I'm surprised he even got through to them in quarter of an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Although it doesn't it doesn't mention he might have been on the phone for like three hours before that. A quarter that's... of an hour, that's right, so what have you got? A mouse. All right, just a minute. Let me just sorry, computer's playing up. I'm gonna need to speak to my manager. I don't have I don't have a dialogue tree about this. <laughs> yeah. Just just searching the contact relationship management. I don't see anything about mice. I mean to be so, honest with so, you. So sorry. So 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 um did you want to make a complaint? Or yeah. <laughs> don't shout or everyone will want one. Yeah. Bad joke. Yeah. Very bad. Very, very bad. It's very, very bad. Right. Oh terrible. Didn't even make sense. Nope. 
<laughs> in, in or outside context of what we're talking about. There we go. Oh, not at all. I mean, that really, I mean, that was interdimensionally bad. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't even on our plane of existence. Um, so what happened? So after 15 minutes. No, to 15 minutes, but it's got happier. Do you, do you want to, do you, they sent him a live mouse. No, no, no they, they, they are said to have offered him a six pack of Coca-Cola as compensation. Seems seems low. That seems um, seems well, like they, not a lot. Do you reckon they were mouse filled? <laughs> yeah. They sent they sent him six mice that were filled with cola. This is, this is a this is like a new Coke scenario. We just just, just we're just trying it out and seeing how it's it du- They doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> so that, and what happened? So did he accept that? Because I would I would have gone six. I mean, you realise that I could. Die of mouse disease. Yeah, exactly. Six can seems very little. I want some kind of cash settlement. Thanks very much. Well, so he later received a letter from the company stating it would be impossible for the mouse to have entered the can at any point in the production process. He turned to the police, but was told to quote Fuck off. find solution. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what? The, the, it's 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 a euphemism for fuck off to find solutions on the internet. I don't. I really. So you get in the police station. It's like. Oh, you found a, a yeah, mouse. Yeah, but this is, in, this is in France. So, they're probably not oh. at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they've just come back from lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Planning lunch, thinking of lunch. Yeah. Find your own. Find that on the internet. I got lunch. So, so, that. Um, so Coca-Cola requested he send the can over for examination, but he refused, saying it's the only evidence that the incident happened yeah. at all. Oh, this is suspicious. He is now storing the can in freezer at his home. What are you going to do with that, Damien? And he filmed himself explaining how he found a dead mouse inside the can. That's However, he proof. is concerned he could have contracted leptospirosis. Yeah, we all are. And Val's disease. Yeah, I mean, an infection that can be spread through the urine of rats, mice, and dogs, and therefore went to a doctor for help. Doctor assured him his gastric juice would be killing any bacteria. Well, that's good to know. He's just trying to, just trying to get off the fact that he is like that bloke that you were talking about earlier and is too intimate with dogs. <laughs> oh, shit, I've read this disease. Maybe maybe I can get a two-for-one here and get some money out of Coke, too, before I go down to oh, doctors. Yeah. You think he'd been there? Uh, yeah, let's not... <clears throat> I, think, I think the picture is painted. So he's, he's, he's under surveillance for 21 days, and if he has an influenza condition, he's got to go to hospital. Coca-Cola has now offered him a voucher to redeem a pack of six Coca-Colas. They already got to that point, so... They're not buying it, are they? No, they're not buying it. It's like, well, you, you, you take us to court then, friend. I mean, there there is a picture here. So there is a picture with a, with a yeah, mouse paw in, inside a can of Coke. All right. I See, mean, how, I mean would, how would he have got it in there? Well, yeah, that's the that's that's an interesting point, actually. Unless he, like, took the top off and then really carefully soldered it back on or something. Well, See, this I'm, is the thing. Well, no, because look, so, yeah, I mean... Because the mouth so it, wouldn't fit through the, the hole, would it? No, so it's clearly not going from the top. So if you look at the picture, it does look weird because, right, let's have a look. you know... But look, he could have just sawn the bottom off the can. Right. I mean, for, well, actually, firstly, hang on a second, I've already debunked his his entire... If that picture is a picture of the um, that he said then I've already caught him in the act, Chris. Amazing bit of investigative work from me. Right. Because he said... That's why you're here. The only reason. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> this is not working out well, is it? I'm going to get through my probation period. So he said, as he emptied the drink and was about to throw it into a rubbish bin, he noticed it still carried some weight. But if you look at that picture, clearly that mouse paw is in what must be at least a third full of Coca-Cola can of Coke. Well, how, are you, how are you figuring that out? Well, can you see the picture? Yeah. I see the There's mouse a lot of Coke looks... left in that can. I can't see any Coke in the can. Or is that just mouse fur? That's mouse fur, mate. Oh, good. My eyes don't work very well. Neil, it's your one job. That's just the mouse fur. It's the mouse kind of leaning. Oh, okay. So like there's that. a little bit of there's a little bit of coke um, drizzle here. Oh, okay. I didn't look at it properly. Would you like I to retract? Apo- would you like yeah. to apologise to Damien? I'd like to apologise to Damien. I think I've got that one. He seems pretty oh, litigious, Neil. Well, he hasn't saved them yet, I don't believe. Oh, look at his little nose. Um, <laughs> no, because well, the thing is, though, so he's not allowed them to examine the can. Because I think you're right. I think if, if that was genuine, like, okay, you can look inside here and there's a dead mouse, how on earth could I have gotten that in there? It's got to be part of the manufacturing process. Yeah, I guess um, also. That would actually be pretty good oh. evidence. However, if you just, like, cut the bottom off of that can and shove the mouse inside it, yeah, or just photoshopped a picture of a mouse inside a can, which would be easy enough to do. I could do that. Yeah, it's probably... I mean, you could probably... Um, I could easily do that on Photoshop. But I imagine somebody could sort of, like, figure out that it's been photoshopped, but... you know, what, even by if looking you... at the metadata? Considering <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the I'll oh, just give them six cans and it'll piss off. I doubt they're oh, yeah. <laughs> diving into the digital footprint. I'm not, the... I'm not suggesting that Cake would do it. I'm, I'm saying if I was going to scan it, I wouldn't Photoshop it. I'd do a, I'd do a prop. Yeah. Um, but again, you're only going to get anything if you let them look at the actual evidence. You're not going to get anything. Well, that's the point. The he's, he's leaving it. He's leaving it in a freezer, isn't he? So that's the fact that he hasn't. He hasn't. Offered, he hasn't let them have the can. So right. He's claiming it's the only evidence he's got. But hmm. we'll let, let an independent expert examine the can. Then. I don't know the manufacturing process of Coca Cola. I don't know how thick or any cans substance. I don't know. So, I mean, I can't imagine. So the can goes on a conveyor belt like an open barrel. And then do they pour the drink in and then a lid's put on top? Or, I mean, that must be it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I would have thought it was made out of like one piece of aluminium and then they, yeah, I don't know. yeah, I've got no idea, truth be told, how they how they seal the cans up. Um, but they can't be... Yeah, I would have... I'm going to have a look up. So the can production process. So it takes you... Video, thanks. Uh, complete can beverage production line. So look. So you've got your cans. On so there. There is, they, they do shove a lid on. They do. So it gets filled up and then they shove the lid on. Made of two pieces, the can body and the can end or lid. So when's the liquid added before the lid? That's what I was thinking. When would you put the liquid in? Because um, when they've got... So basically the crux of this, I would say, is when the liquid goes in. Because yeah. if they're just bringing a load of cans along, there's a good chance... Well, no. That, that makes it plausible, doesn't it? It makes it more plausible because if it was going into like uh, like a can with a sort of open open top and then the, the thing was stamped on top, then that's I suppose it's possible a mouse could get in. Get yeah, it's possible because you don't know how these are stored, these other cans, etc. Or if a mouse just jumped in while it was being moved, the mouse was scared or something, or there was um, 
I don't know, a bird of prey maybe in a factory. <laughs> yeah, the top of the cannon is very narrow. The narrow neck is sort of... The cannon's inside of the space to keep what is in the can from touching around with the metal. Can is baked in the metal. No, it looks like the um, the bottom and top of the can are formed first. Liquid's put in before the top's put on, Neil. Ah, uh, there we go. So I think it's, it's possible. I think it's possible. So um, this is only from a couple of years ago, isn't it? Yeah, this is 2019. So I have heard this story before that, I would say. This seems to be quite a, quite well, a large, it. large sort of urban, urban myth. It's, it's definitely one that's gone around a bit. And if we look at a, a colossal book of urban legends, a, mm. a resource town we've been turning to. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah there's there's been there's been a few incidents of these this is it is quite a quite a grim one actually because you can imagine just drinking something and then seeing that that would be yeah uh, you're much more disgusted about this than I am because w- when we talked about this before yeah um, it's, firstly it's absolutely gross and secondly there's the thought of getting disease from I'd be more <laughs> as we both discussed we've both drunk cans with cigarette butts or whatever in <laughs> by mistake yeah. in the past uh, and that is quite it's disgusting organic, like, well i suppose a mouse i suppose but um yeah that's quite disgusting let's let's have a chance of disease though it's a living thing it's a living thing i'd be more disgusted if it was a spider i think Although somehow it's... less i don't know i'm just yeah rodent that's just it's too, it's it's huge it's like something out of a david lynch film it's it quite it's film yeah uh, so, is it the size that puts you off? Yeah, it's yeah. The what if it's a goldfish? Somehow, goldfish have got in. Would you be bothered, or is it actually the fact that it's a mammal that possibly is disease ridden? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think it's the disease aspect. So, a rat rat would be worse for you then. Oh, rat would be far worse. Yeah, bigger right. and horribler. So, rat, that's the worst. Then mouse. Yep. Then goldfish. Yeah, gold, goldfish, I'm, I'm toining towards and not actually probably finish the can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And if it's beer, all bets are off. I mean, <laughs> if, it's, if it's three o'clock in the morning, there's a rat inside a can of Stella. I'm, I'm yeah, not. And, and it's the only one I'm there. Prob- I'm probably pouring it into a glass and mm. I might filter <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to finish that off. Especially oh, what was... What was it you said? You found. You, and let's face it, Stella, it couldn't taste any worse. You had a you had a can at a party or something, and it had loads of flies in it, wasn't it? No, this was the morning after. I think morning I had a after, bunch of people around um, as a student or something, and uh, yeah, it was one of those getting up at sort of like about noon, and uh, here we go. It was eight. A, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <A> cigarette <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just the thought can. Oh, there's something still in there. Just. Uh, yeah, necked, necked it, and uh, oh, there's quite a, an enormous quantity of dead flies inside this can. Oh man, that, that's, that's going, horrible. That's going down, back down the sink. That's oh, wash your mouth out. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's worse for me than the mouse. I think. <laughs> that's. I think. I mean, that's... It, could, it could be an urban myth. It, oh, did I say me? <laughs> I meant a friend of a friend. That this happened to a friend of a friend. <laughs> I think I'm beginning to see why these urban myths happen. It's just like I've got to just admit that that happened to me. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. It's one of those you just sort of suddenly run to the toilet and just spit it all out and just wash your mouth out. But I didn't, I didn't throw it back up. But uh, yeah, it was a close thing. Oh, nasty stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. It's that. Uh, that's the thing. It's that. Yeah, uh, the mouth feel of dead flies and in, in, in warm bear. It's not. It's not. 
But there was a beer in the sun as well. <laughs> it was by the couch, or I think it was... Um, no, it would have been uh, what in the shade. Were they, were they little beer flies or blue balls? <laughs> or a mixture? Huge wasps. No, I, I, uh, I think it was just flies, so like reasonably smallish, nothing too... Uh, yeah. Okay, that's all right then. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's almost like the smaller the worse, though, in that instance. Well, I mean, it's... Like, if you'd had one of them, then you'd sort of, like, almost not... They're quite Moorish. It's, so yeah, it's, it's, it, was really a quanti- it was a quantity issue, really. Because, <laughs> uh, as I say, there really was a, quite an alarming number. I don't, I don't know where they'd all come from, but, yeah. Well, good, um, good fly trap, potentially. Mm, apparently. <laughs> no. Apparently, if, you, if you're out in rural France, you want to... Um, yeah, just stick you a, can get of a beer can of beer on there. They'll they'll zoom into that. Apparently, it's like some some magnet for yeah. rural France is pretty bad for flies. Yes, <laughs> to be fair, as, as we both know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, having um Lo- having... lovely lovely countryside, but you've got to share it with an enormous quantity of flies. Having both uh, been been French farmers, um, yeah, in our early career, it's where we met actually. I am. Um, I was protesting some blockade or something, weren't we? I can't remember. Taxes was, were too high or money wasn't high enough. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, that was exactly it. I was um I was blockading uh, all of the roads that went into Luxembourg at the time because of my um because of the tariffs that they put on soybeans. Outrageously be. Yeah, and then I set fire to some cars. <laughs> And um, then... Uh, don't want to set them fire to why they said full of petrol. <laughs> why, why aren't they made of water? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you had bothered, you maybe would have made it fire safe, proof, wouldn't you? You <laughs> <laughs> would have made it out of tungsten. I think you would have, would have learnt that the Hindenburg went down, but apparently not. Yeah, you've got rules over soybeans, but not over flammability. Can you find a blimp ride? Can you, fuck? Meanwhile, cars are all going around... <laughs> <laughs> Mobile bombs, as I call them, <laughs> to be expected. Yeah, what the hell are you doing living on a planet which has oxygen as one of the major components of its atmosphere? It's flammable gas, you idiot. Oxygen was went up from seventy to say ninety nine percent. Fair enough. Who <laughs> <laughs> you beats? It's not the case. Got to live in the world we've got to live in. Yeah, idiots. Um, to asking for trouble. Um, so there's um, some. There's some previous, isn't there, on the old uh, mouse in a solder? Yeah, and there, there absolutely is, and it's kind of it's, it's become one of those things that. So, so this is the thing. I, do, you, I, do you reckon people just like because they've heard of it, they just if they're on their uppers, think I'll give it a go. Well, yeah, and I think that this is something that comes across in quite a few. It's it, this would be a tricky one though to actually scam it because you'll you'll see things like fried food that's got a rodent in it or something like that. Yeah, uh, That's easy enough to recreate because, you know, if you've got a frying pan and some flour, you can do yourself up and yeah, unless you tuck well, your fried rat quite easily. I believe they're um, quite the delicacy. Um, but you'd have to know the secret herb and spices, wouldn't you? Which you can now that's find true. on the internet. But is it the correct one, we ask ourselves? Probably. Yeah, Probably. Probably. There's only a certain turns amount of salt and spices. Turns out it's largely MSG. Yeah. Salt. It's salt and MSG. You could have figured that one out. <laughs> I don't think MSG is one of the ingredients, although it should be. Because oh, no, it they... totally is. Is it? Yeah. 
I like MSG. I bought a pack of it once to, to just bang into some stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. It just sounds no, MSG. No, it's perfectly M- fine. It's monosodium glutamate. been using glutamate for yeah. you know hundreds of years. People get funny about it because MSG sounds like um, a chemical, but it's basically well, it's I mean, literally yeah. an amino. It's, it's sort of like part of an amino acid. So it's, it's like an amino acid. So it's just something you have in proteins. Like I say, I mean, it just comes. It was just. A, I think it was a Japanese scientist, but he. Um, yeah, he just... He he's a lot in Chinese cooking as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So they used to use, I think, things like seaweed. Where you, get, you know, like yeah. your umami ingredients that you mm. use these days. They're high in glutamates. So yeah. he, it's just somebody who's just, you know, been able Mushrooms. to... Mushrooms, yeah. Yeah. No, I like they're a bit of MSG. Like Although it is kind of, as someone who quite likes cooking, cook quite well, it can be a way for people who can't to cheat... Yeah, it's it's it, you definitely don't want to overuse it. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't have any, but um, no, I don't anymore. I do remember going down there. There's a there's a all you can eat restaurant in um, where we live, which is it's it's very cheap to be fair. But I remember having one of their things. And, God, most of their food just tastes like this? pot noodle. It's a oh, it's down Preston Preston Street, is it or Preston Road? Oh, right. Um, I forget the restaurant's name, but um, it's it's like five pounds um, for for like a dish, you know, very reasonable. You're ex- um, you were expecting? <laughs> well, no, it was but no, no. To be honest, I knew it was going to be like cheap noodles and sauce, and that's fine. Right. But it just every, is that like, Chinese, all you can eat Chinese on Preston Street? I think I think it was something like that, or it was either all you can eat, or it was like just very very cheap. Mm. I can't remember if it was a buffet or not because it was there used to be one down. Oh, I can't remember, but anyway, so but it was just yeah, no, it, it just like literally just tasted like pot noodle. Which is fine. I'll, I'll eat a pot noodle, but um, I ended up smothering it in chili sauce, which is free, so that was good. I'd like the, that was a condiment that made it taste of something other than. I think I've only ever been to an all-you-can-eat restaurant once, unless you consider an all-you, what an all-inclusive holiday, and I've been on those twice. So that's kind of an all-you-can-eat deal, um, because yeah, you can just not have what you want. Um, but I've only been to an all-you-can-eat restaurant once, I think. Which but was it's twice, both both with work colleagues. Oh, I guess um, I guess the Mongolian place in Brighton's all-you-can-eat, isn't it? Sort of. I've been there. I've not been there. Is that the Mongolian cat? Whatever they call it. You can cook your own meats and things. Yeah. Well, you don't cook oh, your okay. own. They cook it for you. You basically oh, you, br- don't you bring up the ingredients. Yeah, you have a bowl and you bang stuff in the bowl and then they cook it and just put it in. Then you can just do, oh, okay, just mix what you want. I didn't realize you could go back up and sort of. Yeah, as many times as you want. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, I've not, I'm not eating there actually. I've heard it's very good. Mongolian barbecue, I think it's called. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it is nice. Yeah, that's a traditional type of restaurant, isn't it? I believe in sort of Mongolia, presumably. Yeah, I made um, I made a roast dinner noodle thing. I had like potatoes, peas, carrots, beef, mint sauce. It's <laughs> 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 very good. It's very good. It's, it's kind of it's kind of thing that you get in um, the capital of Mongolia, where there's loads of expats living. And I'd just have, like, only fools and horses on all the time and they'd be eating roast dinner noodles. Yeah, pucker pies with chips. Complaining about it. <laughs> right, yeah. The weather's a bit hot. <laughs> bit, bit much uh, wrestling and horses around here. Ooh. Ironically very pro-Brexit for some reason. <laughs> They're not really understanding <laughs> what the issues are going to be for themselves. Yeah, all you can eat, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I went to an all-you-can-eat Chinese in Northampton. Uh, and it was all right, but, I mean, you do just end up feeling sick because I'm not well, someone who's used to all you can eat, and you kind of... 
you don't. That's the thing is, you don't want to sort of do the whole thing. And it's it depends. I mean, there was there was one place that in the, well, I did tell you one. One wasn't that great. One was nice, but Chinese we can eat. generally tend to be quite nice because Chinese food. There's loads of different sort of snack yeah, loads, you can have because it. yeah. it's tends to as well. But it's not like big piece. Because I think with a lot of these places, like I've, I've not been to, them, but apparently like the sort of pizza restaurants and stuff, they put the sort of cheap carby stuff out to try and fill you. Oh up. yeah, I've been to an we can eat pizza place as well when I was. Oh, like, no. Well, I yeah, know. Yeah, I've been to two, two organic Chinese places, which are which are fine because, as I say, Chinese food lends good variety. Bit, but, yeah. yeah, but as you say, you, the thing is, you don't want to be going back from. I mean, you, you go back and do some seconds just because it's you're in an organic place, but you don't want to do more than that. But there was a massive queue there, and I was kind of like queuing up, queuing up, queuing up, and I was kind of and everyone was stopping at this tray, and I was thinking, God, there must be something really nice there, like. Yeah. You know, like the salt and pepper chicken wings or something that everyone's like cracking on with, and um, <laughs> we got I got to that tray and it was just chips. So <laughs> brilliant! Come to a Chinese restaurant, we all just want to fill our plates with chips, curry and chips. Two very traditional Chinese dishes. Um, I, do yeah, like no, a, I do like a Chinese curry. Oh yeah, no, I don't, don't get me wrong. It's kind of like, um, but it's, it's not. I, well, it's not about authenticity, does it? But uh, you know, I like Chinese curry. I mean, it's, or chip shop curry. It's another. Both mm. fairly similar. I don't know what they make it from, but um, it's very mild curry sauce, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. This place. There was a place down. So one of the places went Trafalgar Street. I think it was in. That, they had a very good place there, and um, yeah, they had like chicken satays and stuff like that. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah, that's what they had. The place in Northampton. Decently, decently done. And there was another place. I think it was must have been down. Um, I can't remember. It was down on uh, London Road, I think. Um, yeah, there used to be a we can eat place great. down there. Yeah, you don't see, you don't really see them anymore, do you? I guess no, I guess that's a good thing, really. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you do see them, but you don't really see them in Brighton, and I think mm. that's something to do with the, the town, really. Um, they're all horrific snobs, and we're all really rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly what it is. If it, I'm not. This is it artisan. Uh, that's what I always is say. This, is this sourdough? Yeah, <laughs> chicken tikka. <laughs> sourdough chicken tikka. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. Um, you don't tend to get too many bread-based dishes, Chinese or um, prawn toast. You normally no, get them. Yeah. There you go, sourdough, sourdough prawn toast. That should have been that should have been what I've gone for. Sourdough, sourdough with North Atlantic huntsman prawn tails. <laughs> Are these prawns or shrimp on this? And this is sourdough on this sourdough. Same, prawn it's toast. the same thing, mate. It's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, I'll probably what I'll do is I'll leave most of that in, but I'll fade it out and then just say, "Here we talk to my weekly restaurants for twenty minutes." <laughs> Not quite sure why, but it right. So I don't know how we segue back into my mouse and a cola, but uh, I'm so I'm just doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. And yeah, I mean, and they... anyway, that reminds me of uh, my and cola. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to eat all of that or drink all of that. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell! I'm not getting any better at this. I'm actually getting worse. Um, <laughs> the joke is incredibly slowly taking taking place in my head, but it's not worth getting out of my mouth. So we'll just move swiftly on. I mean, 
This is the thing is there have actually been some genuine court cases that have been brought across. So, and I think, I think this one's even more disgusting than the, um, the mouse in a can cake. But there was, in the thirties, there was an Ella Reed Creech of Shelbyville, Kentucky, that she, um, sued a, a Coca-Cola bottler. Mm. Um, and there was, a, there was another, um, claim in the forties in 1943. And there was a case in 1971 in which a 76 year old man was awarded $20,000 in a suit against a, a bottler. So won. Yeah. So there has been... <clears throat> Why is it more disgusting? Is it because you support big, so you support big soda? No, it's because you see it. Oh. You imagine that. Oh, what? The, so she saw the mouse in a bottle? Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean if, it was a, if it was a glass bottle and you drank it, then you'd see a sort of really... See a dead rodent. ...bloated mouse at the bottom. Yeah. When was it? In the 20s? Possibly rotting. Well, there, there was a bunch of them. So there was one in 1931. There was one in Was it still made with cocaine in 1931? Um, I believe that would have would have reverted just just the sugar based high oh, yeah. at that point. Um, I think the, um, thing that the cocaine happened. thing probably would have been in the tens or twenties. They would have switched that around. I would have thought. Nice. I don't know how long that 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 whole thing actually carried on for, or you know, using extract of coca leaves. I don't think they ever actually used cocaine. Unless you go to the right places, obviously. You go to George Clooney's party, don't worry, you're getting... Clooney's parties, in particular. George Clooney, yeah. George Clooney's well-known, of course, for um, lacing soft drinks with cocaine. <laughs> friend of a friend told me. I'm just trying to start a new urban... Friend of a friend. Urban. He just really likes that story and wants to bring, you know, he just wants to bring it back. It's great fun of irony. <laughs> he puts... Uh, MDMA in uh, tea as well. Um, well who doesn't? So the amount of cocaine in Coca-Cola was reduced over time and finally eliminated in 1929 during the Prohibition oh, okay. era. They're not far off, them. No. I tell you what, those Prohibitionists have got a lot to answer for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't... Cocoa leaves have been used for thousands of years by, you know, Native Americans. Oh, it was good, uh, well-timed sniff there, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in case anyone... And uh, you just tongued your gums as well. How much cocaine are you on? <laughs> Can you hear me grinding my teeth? That's quite loud in my head. Why are you talking too much? Um, yeah, I mean, if you think of... I mean, the, to be fair, they chewed the leaves, didn't they, probably, rather than... No, no, exactly. That's what I was making. Melted them down with petrol or something. Yeah. Rather than just like, yeah, this is quite nice. But how about if it was more extreme? It's a typical Western way of dealing with everything. But yeah, no, it was just, it was, you know, just chewing, chewing a bun, a pad of leaves, yeah. you know. Just gives you a nice buzz, man. Yeah, it just keeps you, gets you through the yeah. day. So you can kill yeah. a spider monkey to eat. <laughs> It's three o'clock and I was in yet another meeting and told me how I could do with a wad of cocoa leaves during that last couple of hours. Oh, there's, um... Can I stop you there? I just need to... Yeah, that's better. You know, you carry it's on. It's mint, don't worry. Um, yeah. oh, you've, got, you've got a few points to make about this, have you? Oh, no, no, please. Isn't, please my isn't there a thing called cat or something which is similar, which is... The cat and the coke? No. <laughs> no there's a... Ironically, not, not as bad as a mouse to me, or a rat, but... Um, Although worse than that, mouse in. Poor cat's got in there. Um, no. Oh, I just imagine a little cat head bobbing up in the... <laughs> That's not what we want. Well, a cat would fill most of the... 
a cat wouldn't get in it. I don't want to think about a cat getting. Well, this is this is this is this is why um, this is why I'm a bit spurious with the whole bottling thing. I don't see that. There's, there's very little room for a and how yeah how would a mouse get in a bottle? Maybe it was uh, born into the bottle and it sort of grew up in there somehow, like a ship in a bottle, like a tiny little embryonic yeah. mouse. And it just... <laughs> There's so much sugar in the coke, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it got really macro. Smashed through the bottle. Yeah. Um, no, there's a thing called cat, which uh, is um, like a Somali sort of chewing leaf, which... Oh, it's vaguely rings about. Yeah, um, which the Somali community in London have, and that gives you kind of the high, but I, I don't know whether they're trying to ban it or something. Well, I think in theory, didn't didn't back when Theresa May was in Home Office, they pretty much banned anything that you could enjoy. Um, so After. the Psychoactive Substances Act was, was, was kind of... Um, yeah, well, I mean, more or less, because I mean, the definition was something like if it has, a, if it has a, if it's a a product and it has a KHAT, um, you could, you know, it can be bad. Because basically, well, I mean, I'll give them some minor bit of credit in which, effectively, what's been been quite difficult with drug laws um, recently, um, a lot of because um, I think certain chemists and stuff are just coming up with derivations of like things that. Well, exactly. Yeah. Good. Good luck to them. Um, so it's quite hard to ban ban things. Yeah, they just move a molecule around, and it's like yeah, exactly, whatever. And in theory, it's probably going to act reasonably similar, although it could be quite different. As um, spice, you know, like thalidomide, even something that looks identical but is a mirror image can have very, very different reactions on the body. But um, hey, let's go to drug users aren't necessarily you most discriminating group. No. He says judgment. Oh. Um, yeah, I I'd so, certainly never touch anything illegal, Chris. That's I um, disgusting I so, no, uh, I knew people um, who did in their their twenties and early thirties, and uh, I would say that they weren't necessarily very discriminating. Um, uh, so the leafy plant cat, which is a, why, why are you winking at me and tapping your nose, Chris? <clears throat> I don't know. Um. Just because we both know these people. Yeah, true. So Leafy Plant Cat, which acts as a stimulant when chewed, is about to become a banned Class C drug. How big a problem is it? And why are they making it illegal? It could be a... And where can I get hold of this? Where it More importantly. Yeah. Uh, it could be a scene from a market in Mogadishu. Dozens of Somali men are throwing cardboard boxes at each other across a dusty warehouse floor. Money is exchanged, blah, 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 blah. So it's a mysterious plant called Cat or Mira, or more mystically, Tea of the Arabs. <laughs> Users chew the bitter leaves of this natural similar and it's supposed to make them more alert and raise energy levels, which is why supporters say it's as harmless as tea and coffee. The Treasury even benefits $2.5 million per annum in taxes on the cat trade. Uh, so why is it? I presume because of the high number of deaths that it causes. Yes, as with all drugs. I mean, obviously we have a highly evidence-based drugs policy. <laughs> so two main stimulants in cats speed up the unit's mind and body, like a less powerful amphetamine, and make people happy and talkative. But it can cause insomnia and temporary confusion. Two for a few hours, it leaves you with a feeling of calm, scarred as blissed out. It could make pre-existing mental health conditions worse, and it can provoke feeling of anxiety. It can also inflame the mouth and damage teeth, and they're concerned about long-term risk of mouth cancers. Um, 
so that's why they've uh, banned tobacco and alcohol then. <laughs> well, exactly. Again, because, yeah, it's a, the Psychoactive Substances Act 2016. So it's an offence to produce, supply, offer supply, yada, 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 any substance intended for human consumption that is capable of producing a psychoactive effect. Intended for human consumption. So yeah. ketamine's still fine then? Because it's not intended for human consumption, is it? It's intended to... Uh, for horse I mean, tranquilizing, horse medicine. Yeah, I don't think they use it for horse um, medicine anymore. But yeah, you can just, just kept getting. I think mixed. it's still legitimately used for for medicinal reasons, um, and it excludes legitimate substances such as food, alcohol, tobacco, nicotine, caffeine, and medical products. So that's that's good. Yeah, because alcohol and tobacco have been around for too long, and people would vote against us if we ban those. Yeah, but yeah, so basically anything that has a psychoactive effect, which is just masturbating very broad church well if you bottle it i've tried believe you and me that's that's another story for another time yeah (laughs) like you were kicked out of dragons then weren't you yeah um hyperventilating going (laughs) it's not not for human consumption it's not so you're consuming it aren't you what hyperventilation you're consuming high levels of oxygen consuming it into your bloodstream that's consuming Take it up with the lawyers. No. No, I won't. I'll just continue to do it. If you want, if you want them to redraft the... Uh... Redraft the legislation. Um, I would like them to redraft it, but it would be slightly larger. Um, it would be a more, of, more of a U-turn than can you also ban hyperventilating. <laughs> well, no, but that's kind of my point, is that it's such a broad thing that they've brought in now. It's effectively anything that has an effect on you. Can effectively is effectively illegal, which is kind of seems mildly ridiculous. What I would say about that is, so that very negatively affects people who use cat, which is a traditional thing they've used for thousands of years, presumably, mm. um, and by the looks of things, doesn't seem particularly harmful. It affects them, so they won't be able to get hold of their cat anymore. Um, potentially that could lead them to take something else, which could be more harmful. But I don't think that a law like that's going to stop people who are going to want to get hold of heroin or cocaine, particularly. So that law... Well, you say that, but there's a, there's a lot of problems with drugs. And so, you know, I think it's about time we tried legislation. <laughs> I, think, you know, I think it was some zero tolerance. I think it's about time we I tried think, that. We tried I else. think we should put more money into a war on drugs, personally. Because that's um, that's been incredibly uh, cheap and effective. Absolutely, yeah. All-encompassing laws and um, yeah, policing regime where you can criminalise people for incredibly minor things that do no harm to others. Yeah, I think that's the best thing to do. Seems reasonable to me. Absolutely. Create a class of criminals out of people who could uh, actually um, put a lot into society. Uh, are, are they rich people, though, Chris? What the ones the ones who are what the oh, ones oh. doing drugs are the ones who are arrested for doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. The latter, obviously. <laughs> um the ones who are arrested for doing drugs, no, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say they're rich people, no. If you're caught out eating or something, it's just hygiene, yeah. isn't it? Just just hygiene. Boys little boys Exactly. Whereas, you know, if you want a council estate then clearly, you know Yeah, well it's just you go to prison for five to ten years, sort your life out. <laughs> Which I'm sure you will do after the 
after 10 years of incarceration. Yeah, with kind of very horrible criminals, poor conditions, uh, little, little chance yeah. of rehabilitation or education, overcrowding. Or, or any decent job afterwards. Yeah, no yeah. chance of getting any kind of decent career afterwards. Um, yeah, sounds ideal. Yeah, so... Uh, I got... We'll do anything other than talk about my... <laughs> 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 fucking started dictating drug policy. It goes where it goes, Neil. It goes where it goes. That's that's fine. So I've got a few more high horses I want to go. <laughs> yeah, do you want a hand up? I'm actually going to ride this high horse onto the higher horse. <laughs> um, mouse in a can. Right. Well, I've just got. To, I've just got to share this fact. We talked about. I'd say, yeah, let's make roughly an hour and a half ago. We talked about the 71 court case. I just got to share this fact about, um, and he was, bear in mind, he was 76 at the time. Well, actually, so that, maybe that was when they settled. So I don't know when he started suing. But as a kid. The Washington Post reported, yeah, he was like, it happened when he was 12 and he's been fighting this injustice. A fucking Hillsborough thing. And he's been fighting this monstrous <laughs> injustice. It's, it's big soda. However long, He'll never forget. He initially um, put, and he initially put the claim in for twenty grand because when he was twelve, that would have been the equivalent of about twenty million today. But by the time by the time they actually settled, it was bought a house and retired. I mean, it was just yeah, uh, but he couldn't get a job because he was too embroiled in the court case. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He'd found the, the legs and tail of a mouse in the bottle of coke he bought from a vending machine outside a Safeway store. He was hospitalised for three days, and afterward, no longer liking meat, he lived on a diet of grilled cheese, toast and needles mm. for 60 years. Imagine well, that. Well, I, I mean, it's when you hear stuff like that, it does thumb the nose at the bloody government telling us that we need to eat five, five fruit and veg a day, doesn't it? If lived 72. Well, at least 72. Well, he was 72 when he got his... Court case. Yeah, when he got his cash. Yeah, and he's just eating cheese, cheese on toast or toasted, toasted cheese yeah, sandwiches. That's not a fact that we've made up. <laughs> and noodles. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a great diet, um, but, no. you know, he's, he's alive, isn't he? Black mate uni, he, he lived on toast and Nutella what? for at All least the a time. Year. Didn't eat dinners. Yeah. No, well, unless we went out to a restaurant. Mm. Fancy students. Was this when you was this when you were at Westminster College? Was <laughs> at UCL, but uh, yeah, no, Harry didn't get scurvy. I don't know. But... You can you can punish your body a lot Actually, when you go. What? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, Actually, you did get scurvy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, his teeth did all fall out, as I recall. You no, know, he did drink a bit of lemon. Actually, that was the that was the the third the third it's a lemon component. Oh yeah, well that all that that balance <laughs> balance the system. Yeah. That's good. So there you go. There's a bit of vitamin C, presumably plenty of vitamin C, in a bottle of bit of lemon. <laughs> but that, would, that might ward off scurvy. I suppose. Yeah, and demons. Um, yeah. I mean, I would get. I I can't eat the same thing over and over again. No, I'd, I'd, be, bored. I'd be bored after a while. I remember that yeah. when you're a kid and like you get your packed lunches, um, and like you know it's been quite a tight month, and so you've just got. Oh, Slightly moist, warm sandwich. Yeah, moist, like, with like meat, like with with sweating and with some meat yeah. spread in it because it's like cheap yeah. or cheap pate or something that you get in the tubes. Ironically, quite filled with nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not that bothered about How it. How do you know? Yeah. Um, but you get. But if you have that every day of the week, you do get bored of stuff after a while. You kind of have to. I'll be honest with you. Meat meat pate sandwich. I get bored of it after the first <laughs> bite. 
about halfway through the first bite. It's the blandest. Have you seen there's this? I think it's well, in pate Sweden. There's this meat um, paste. Pate sandwiches are good. I used to eat that. No, pate I take them delicious, to work. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it as a sandwich, but uh, like an open sandwich, maybe. But what? spread on toast or something. You wouldn't have it as a sandwich? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you haven't lived. Or like a balmy me or something like that. A but, what? Um, you want some other fucking balmy, me, the Vietnamese um, baguette. The so they use pate. What the fuck is going on with you? A balmy? me? Pickled veg. You t- Barn me. You t- never heard no. of it. Who, who am I talking to? It's a Vietnamese sandwich. Where are you getting Vietnamese sandwiches from? Um, have you been, have you been sex first, tourism in Southeast Asia there's, again? There's a there's a there's a restaurant in um in, in Trafalgar Street called I think it's Fur or Fo. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know how you pronounce that. There you go. You get balmy down there. When would I do that? If you were at work and you fancied a sandwich that was a bit well, different, Lewis, mate. Uh, shouldn't tell. I'm just doxing mm-hmm. myself. No, Vietnamese. I mean, that's. I mean, good. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you that your palate is open to the world, and I'm glad that people are getting to try things. But that was a, that was kind of a left field <laughs> answer to yeah. to my having a pate sandwich. Well, there's some pate in it. Now, the point I was making is the pate itself. I don't know. It just would be, um, yeah, be a wee bit bland. I've had pate um, sandwiches every day this pate. week at work. <laughs> Brussels pate, one man's meat is another man's poison. Yeah. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom. One man, one, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One man's pate sandwich, another man's bon me or bon me. Yeah, that's 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 fancy, man. It's very fancy. I mean, I mean, I'm like not that often. A couple of times a week, you know, <laughs> like two or three times, three times a week, <laughs> and the rest of rest of the time, I. Uh, I could see if they deliver actually. <laughs> Having worked from home the last year, I could do with a warm meat, a bowl of pho. I guess um, that sandwich is influenced by French colonial rule, is it? Yeah, almost certainly. Because yeah, I think it's like a mixture of yeah, grilled and pulled pork. I imagine a sort of a French influence on the pate as well. But then the pickled vegetable and stuff like that is obviously. Um, Vietnamese influence, well, and the baguette, obviously. Well, they apparently they it's a special type of Vietnamese bread. It's, so it's like a baguette shape. They use, I think, rice flour oh, right. or something, which makes it softer. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's a particular type of Vietnamese bread. It's a bit like you know, if you've ever had those Cuban no. sandwiches, I mean, you're not sure. Again, sort of pork, pork. That, that's with cheese, though. I think, no, like I like my sandwiches. Like I like my women predictable. So ground up into a fine paste, spread between, <laughs> between my two palms to make them thin. <laughs> I do do that with sandwiches. I sometimes, before I even make the sandwich, I go at the bread with um, a roller, a rolling pin, to make the bread really Get make it really thin. I don't mm. know. I just like like the taste more when it's really thin sandwich. That's when I'm feeling fancy. You know, in the morning before I go to work, just bang some pate in between two bits of bread, and away you go. It's all right. Survival food now. Mm-hmm. Survival food. Like the kush, yeah, kush tucker, man. It reminded me of well, the meat paste one. Because you said that in Sweden, I think, is they've got this sandwich where they, again, they have the same thing every day at work. But the idea is it just sort of fills you up and you carry yeah. on with your day. Um, it's just like it's like just some meat yeah. paste and then I like some bland cheese. And I can't remember. All on sort of like brown bread. But that, that, it's, it's supposed to be boring and predictable. Mm. Do they not... Um... Do not like pickle it and bury it for a year or something. 
that's uh, I think that's Iceland and it's their shark yeah. uh, to make it. For um, men. I mean, I'm assuming that that was bad. I mean, I doubt anyone in Iceland ever actually eats hakala. They do sometimes. It's like once a year they meant to have it. Yeah, for a laugh. <laughs> it's that punishment. It's not going to be like it's not going to be like us eating roast beef or no. something, is it? You know what I mean? But they do that. They have they like fermented fish, don't they, in Scandinavia? Oh no, I mean, fermented fish is nice. Making a shark go rotten for three years until it tastes of ammonia, I think I'm less less into. Do you know? I'm always slightly confused of what bird's nest soup is. Yeah, I don't. Has it got a bird's nest in it, or is it like they've got noodles in it? I think because I think it's what, it's noodles, but very thin noodles. What about but, like really old rotten eggs? They were something which apparently people in China ate, according to the Beano, when I was younger. Well, there is a thing called a hundred-year egg, but I think that's more of a pickled right. kind of a pickled thing. Pickled eggs. Um, century egg or something like that. It's called. Oh, no, there are, there are edible birds. Let's have a look. No, there are edible bird's nests. So I don't. I think if you bought bird's nest soup these days, it would just be noodles. But you can get um, swifts or swiftlets to actually make bird's nests. So um, they're very prized in Chinese culture. When you eat them. Yep, edible bird's nests. They're made, but yeah, made by well, made of What's edible about yeah, solidified swiftlets to five saliva. What? We've gone full circle on this, right? People find yeah. So here we go. Let's have a look again. This is for what you can take from Wikipedia, but so that the the bird makes basically spits out. I, I, I imagine they chew up some sort of material and spit it out, and it becomes a sort of a Chops. thin solidified um, thing Chops. that they can nest. Regular. Yeah. What? So it's like the they make their nest out of spit, and then and then people eat. Well, because no, well, I mean, like when they when they're feeding vomit young birds, they chew up and then spit it to the mouth, and they will vomit into the mouth. So I, I presume that they, it's not you know they're chewing something. Well, it's saying it literally says using solidified right. saliva, um, and it's high in protein and has a rich flavour. Yeah. Apparently, they're among the most expensive animal products consumed by humans, with nests being sold at prices of up to Fuck three thousand dollars per pound. <laughs> I'd probably go with some caviar, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or I'm quite happy with just patty <laughs> <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> caviar, yeah. yeah. I quite like um, caviar. I've not, I don't think I've ever had proper caviar. I like lump, lump fish eggs. They're nice. I think I've had, not, not like beluga or the really mental stuff, but um, I've had some Spanish. I might have had it. I don't know. As I put it, as I put it to people who haven't had it before, it's like posh mac. It's very nice. I like the te- I like the I like oh, the texture of it as well. You're ed- you're editing this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll edit this one down. This is going to be fun today. So I'm sure there's one I read around here where somebody actually went mad. So what certainly happened, I think, is that there's been you know there's there's absolutely some foundations to this. So there's some been. Instances. Search, search in 76 on, on court cases, they turn up 45 court cases beginning in 1914. So it happens occasionally. You can imagine yeah. it happening, can't you? Especially, I mean, probably not so much nowadays, in the old but days. you know, yeah. with, with health and safety, you can't even get your fucking mouth in the <laughs> But, um, used to like the taste of mouth in yeah. Used to be Christmas treat. But, uh, well, you found a magic coat, it was lucky. Who bore down the street and just be like cheering you on? He's king of the road. Little Timmy, three cheers! He used to be given a silver shilling with King Edward on the back. Yeah, so I can. And the thing is, I guess cans of soft drink must be 
or any drink, I guess, booze and stuff, just cans of drink must be kind of one of the, um, they might they must be one of the largest manufactured project products in the world. Like how many of them? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I would imagine that some, most of that stuff is spotless because it's going to be run very, very efficiently. I mean, there's such a, a high mice. They're not interested, are they? They'll still have, they'll have a little sneak around. I mean, they're very small mice as well. They can get get places. So uh, I can imagine it happening. I think I think I think it's happened. I think it's just not as widespread as as um, a bunch of these stories don't have. But yeah, I think I think it's it's definitely happened in the past. But uh, it's not it's not a widespread thing. Nowhere near as nowhere near as widespread as. as I think probably just say. if you're looking at the. You know, billions and billions of cans that are sold every year. It's probably just statistically likely that people are going to find a couple of bits in some of them, mice or fingers. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's part of the recipe. They didn't grind up the mouse. <laughs> right, every time. That's how to keep it fizzy. <laughs> yeah. <That's>... Well, <laughs> what what you, what you thought we poured carbon dioxide or nitrogen into the have you seen the price? Yeah, of it's like um, it's like helium. The world's running out of it. <laughs> a decomposing mouse. <laughs> right, lovely fizz that does the biz. Yeah. Or in Gina, they put a whole rat in it. That's why it's so fizzy. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to add that the, um, that was for comedy purposes. I have no. I have no evidence to pr- to prove nor disprove that Orangina use rats to make their drinks particularly fizzy. Thank you. There's been no suggestion of that apart from by me just now. And I and I was doing it for comedy effect. I quite like Orangina. If you want to send me some Orangina, Orangina, then I'll Orangina all your Orangina. Thanks very much. Nice drink, Orangina. Like it now, you can get it in two litre bottles. You were enjoying digging your hole there? Well, I've got to turn it around from um, getting soup Orangina to... Um, Getting some free orangina. If it was in the little glass bottles, I don't. I don't feel it should come in two no, litre bottles. Because you live in the past. Yeah, I want orangina right. that I can three D print directly into my brain, <laughs> so I can. How would that work? The science, just, just a sensation, yeah, of just give you a sensation of slightly yeah. tart oranges. It's nice because it's got that tartness. Yeah. Orangina must be. Is it cool though? Yeah, well, just. Yeah, just yeah. I mean the two litre stuff's good to get from the news agent. Lovely. So I've not come across it. I've not come across Orangina for years. Oh, that's me. because you're hanging around eating Vietnamese open sandwiches, Neil. You're not like me, going down a news agent. Yeah. I'll have I'll have two litres of um orange aid and a uh <laughs> jar of pate, yeah. please. Exactly. <laughs> cheapest white bread you have. <laughs> How much wheat has got in it? 4% too much. Right, so I think that uh, we've probably uh, discussed the can of Coke Mouse uh, situation, Urban Legend, to, well, I mean, as much as we could, um, went off-piece a little bit, but I'd say that in general we kept it very much on track. So uh, let's go... <laughs> that was alive. <laughs> That's the world you want to live in, by all means. So, yeah. Neil, uh, you can start with spookiness. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to mean kind of like or just general spookiness or grossness or something that peeves you out. This is yeah, this one. I mean, I had much more visceral reaction when we discussed this last week. And but. then the scoring and all that. The only bit which we've kept him from the very start. Um, can't really get rid of it to be honest. It does take a bit of time, but um, you know, got to keep something, haven't you? Tie it all together, I suppose. So the. Next episode is about a cheeky South American legend, uh, a little monster that dries your mouth out. So, yeah, um, hopefully you enjoy this. It's very different to the last one. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Pew, 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 pew. I am going to be uh, reading out and we're going to be picking over... Um, a urban myth slash legend from the mythical Cloud Kingdom of Chile Ooh, in nice. so- South America. Um, we're trying to have a look at some stuff from all over the world because often they're quite interesting and we don't want it to just be Britain and American-based. I mean, to be honest, you could just do American urban legends forever because they seem to be the hotbed of it. Yeah. Um but so this is uh, El Basilisco or Cole. That'd be Cole, wouldn't it? Basilico? It's, yeah, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, okay, well, I'm going to go with El Basilico Chilote. Let's have a start on this. Hailing from uh, the Chilo archipelago in southern Chile, El Basilico Chilote is a reptilian beast from Chilote mythology that is sure to strike fear into the hearts of any man or hunger, depending on how much you like fried chicken. Uh, This is, I'm reading this from an article from In the Dark Air. uh, And I believe it was done by Madam Addison Plainter. Okay. Or Plant Plaintier. Um... So the so jokes like that aren't coming from me. I'd just like to make that make that clear. Um, after all, at first glance, El Basilico Chilote hardly looks intimidating. In fact, most art, artistic descriptions or depictions God, my words are bad today of the beast really imply, <laughs> imply that even it's a bit confused as to precisely what it was. When you look like the awkward result of a chicken mix and match book, it must be hard to take yourself seriously. This may explain why our repulsive reptile operates in the shadows and has adopted an insidious way of reaching its victims. So at the moment, it's saying it looks like a mix and match chicken, but it's a reptile. Well, this sounds very much to me like, you know, you'd have, I think this is quite a medieval hype for this kind of stuff um, in Europe where... You'd have like a griffin, which was I don't know what is that? Is yeah. the head of eagle a bird, heads. eagle head, eagle head, body of a lion, body of a lion. That's it, and then wings. I think like an eagle. Yeah, um, yeah, or kind of like um, I'm trying. I'm struggling to remember any of them there, but yeah, you, you kind of like you. You would have just like really weird um, matchups, or you know, like well, they thought that in the very far dragon's body when you something. get yeah, you get those medieval maps where it's all quite. It's all quite um, normal and fine, kind of in the centre of the maps. 
But then as they get kind of out towards the end of the known world, then there's just like there be dragons sort of shit oh, yeah. where you've got in the far north kind of, of Scandinavia, where obviously it'd be difficult to get to because it's treacherous. They thought there was a race of dog-headed men. And then like you had sort of down in, I don't know where it'd be like, south of Ethiopia, you had, like, people who had no heads but, like, eyes and facial features on their chests. Or you had people who, like, had two arms and just one big foot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like pictures of that, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Right, so according to the legend, it can only be hatched from an egg that has been laid and incubated by an old hen or a red rooster. Once the egg has hatched, the creature will slither its way under a house of an unsuspecting prey, Whereupon it will burrow deep into the ground and establish an underground layer, mm-hmm. like a vil- like a supervillain. During the day, it hides in its snugly subterranean den and waits for nightfall, like a grown man living in his mother's basement. Ugh, it's unnecessary. Once it's dark, however, and the household has fallen into a slumbering silence, El uh, Basilico Gelote will emerge to enact its deadly deeds. In a reversal of its rooster heritage, um, it emits a soothing song that lulls the people of the household to sleep. That's nice. Or deepens the slumber of those who have already drifted off into the land of dreams. It is only then that it slides atop of the chest of its victim, inhales their breath. It's going to be (laughs) something terrifying here, I assume, like steal your soul or um, take Uh, your death. It inhales their breath, sucks the phlegm from their mouth, and ingests their, ingests their sputum. Mmm. I mean, that's... Um, I mean, that makes it sound real, because, you know, like, the, the the most successful animals in nature find a niche. Yeah, it's a bit like that bird who picks food off of a crocodile's teeth. Oh, that sounds like a tastier uh, meal than sucking the saliva out of someone's mouth. Well, you'd, mm, well, I suppose if you're, crocodiles if you're a snake with a rooster's head, chicken you've, not got, you've not, got, <laughs> not got many options, but you think you'd be able to peck something a bit tastier out of the earth than that. Well, who knows? Maybe some sort of... Uh... Yeah, not, not, okay. not keen on its meal choices, I'll be honest with you. So after one week of this nightly draining, the victim of uh, El Basilico Chilote will start to notice a dryness in their mouth from waking up and the skin will become extremely pale. I mean, it does just sound like they're on the pot weeds. Yeah, I think, yeah, just all skagged or something. Method. Um, I think we should, also I'm just thinking we should call it LB from now on in. LB. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be going with anyway, so. EBC. I'm going with EBC. Fair enough. I'm going with LB. Just to confuse everyone. (laughs) I think me especially. So over time, an unexplainable fatigue will overwhelm them, their appetite will vanish, and they will rapidly start to lose muscle mass <laughs> until they're a meagre shell of them for themselves. In a, it's like, um, it sounds like lockdown, except for the appetite vanishing. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the opposite there for me. Well, I mean, my, I, mean I, I withered my muscle quite a lot. Yeah. I've only just kind of got back to my pre-lockdown walking abilities. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, going out for a decent walk, that was a surprise. Good Lord. <laughs> In the final stages, the victim will be played with a persistent cough and her breathing will become laboured. 
This is a point at which EBC is extracting their final breaths, and it could only be a matter of days before the poor unfortunate will die from dehydration. So, Are we sure that COVID's COVID and isn't LB going <laughs> doing a world tour? Could be, couldn't it? You, just, you know, um, off to China for a bit. And... Um, so, I know that sort of that uh, Chile's got very mountainous, isn't it? And very arid. So, I mean, well, you're on the you're on the, the thing, um, I mean, you're on the coast, aren't you, Chile? Is that right? Yeah, but you, well, yeah, but I mean, it's a mountain. Uh, yeah, I would imagine like so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, of thinking. I, I always think I've been to Colombia, and I know, um, I always think of sort of Peru with that. You know, that, I mean, obviously that's very um, mountainous. I'm, I'm guessing it's similar because it borders Chile and Peru, doesn't it? I think they're on the border. Yeah, Peru's north. Yeah, of, Peru's Chile, north. Of Chile, Chile and Colombia's north of that. Um, yeah. Um, but like in Peru, you've got like the NASCAR planes, haven't you? Um, and that's like the driest place on earth. Okay. So kind of when you're right up in the Andes, it's really like, it's basically a desert mm. because there's no rainfall because yeah. you're above the clouds. Um, but I mean, these people are, I mean, is it magic dehydration? Because you'd think you'd wake up with a dry mouth and go, probably have some water. Well, no, exactly. Yeah, keep yourself hydrated. No, I mean because everyone everyone would have the same response then, wouldn't they? So I don't think it would be. Um... What do you mean? Well, no, no. What I mean is, if it, if it was about sort of high altitude or something like that, um, and I don't know if all of Chile is kind of a high altitude, but I was. No, I don't mean. I don't think it's that. What I'm saying is, is there a lack of water around there, so these people are dying from dehydration? Because if, if not, the fact that he's like nicking your saliva and you wake up like feeling dry. Like, would you not just have, like, you, you know, when you feel thirsty, you just well, drink water. I mean, that, stuff, that's true, you? but I think, are we assuming it's dehydration? Because I, I think just. Well, they've said he dies from dehydration. The person dies from dehydration. So that's, I think that's where I'm well, skeptical. I, I, I want... <laughs> that's the only thing. No, no, I agree. You'd, you'd drink some water, but I, I think, um, yeah, but is it, or is it, is he sort of, is there some sort of evil going on after he drinks the life? Is it a spiritual, yeah, exactly. is it a spiritual, it spiritual dehydration? Yeah, exactly. It might be. Which I would, which, which I would say, Neil, that as a country we have here, we are suffering from, we might have plenty of rain, but we're suffering from a spiritual dehydration. Mobile phones have advanced so much in the last 10 years, Chris, but have we left God behind in the process? That's what I'll put to you. Have we left good values, morality, and religion behind in the process? I would say that we have. And I would say, if you want to know more about this, Neil has Advances actually... Advances in prayer technology have barely advanced in the last 600 years. <laughs> yeah, which is why you're releasing your yeah. app, isn't it? Um, by, by sending me money, I can increase the power of your prayer 600%. <laughs> using 5G yeah. technology. <laughs> it sends it via 5G. It sends it... Directly, what is seventy three percent more likely <laughs> it to bounces, hear your prayers? It bounces your prayer, prayer directly off the steeple of Canterbury Cathedral. I, look, I'm not going to get into the science, Chris. Into... There's a lot of ley lines involved, glass and tour, Stonehenge, <laughs> but you know it's <laughs> using using the power of five G ley lines and vortexes. Well, that, that's, the, that's you know <laughs> nature in the ancient world's five G, and, and obviously the, the power of. Uh, I, and I believe that one of these prayer messages costs no more than your standard average. It costs, uh, look, it costs barely more than three nights stay at a five star hotel. You know, so who, 
<laughs> you know, and this is for your immortal souls, so who couldn't? It's cheap. Yeah, and you're you think looking, of it like you're that, looking it's cheap, at, isn't it? Your future. And if you're your own future, at, it's fun. Um, you know, and you're looking at eternity in basically heaven, which is at least a four a four star um, trip yeah, advisor can't hotel. Pay you away in there, well, other than the app. It's not. It's not seven star. You know, no, God's not made of money. You know. It's not, you know, it's not that good, but um, you know, there's um, you've got it's half board, basically. So I mean, so seriously though, people do take some of it with you because otherwise you're going to go hungry. <laughs> so once they are dead, EBC will move on to another member of the household and repeat the process until all the inhabitants have tragically perished. We're not 100% sure what happens after this point, but we like to imagine that each EBC goes to get their real estate license so they can sell the house onto the next family. <laughs> As we call them UK estate agents. So, it is, yeah. Although they seem to be a lot more private ones in America, Realtors. don't they? Yeah, you can like get, you get your real estate yeah. license. Yeah, you can get a license and then just, uh, yeah, you get your license. small businesses in this, this country. I don't know. With total <clears> bricks, it'll be online in a few years, won't it? Nobody will bother anymore. Yeah, won't even go to the houses. I mean, I'm I'm not even going to bother buying a house. I'm going to buy some land and real estate on Second Life. I believe that's the best way to earn money, or Eve Online. <laughs> Something like that. I presume <laughs> you'll be using the new British Bitcoin that our Chancellor's going to be setting up. Have you not heard really? about this? Yeah. No. It's setting, setting up, up a, a, what, yeah, a, a British government Bitcoin type. Um, are we going to tie our currency to it like the gold so. standards? Well, I can think of more secure <laughs> way to uh, ensure economic prosperity. And there's, if there's one thing that central government do, well, it's cyber security. <laughs> Fortunately, someone else has <laughs> sort of already done the, um, what do we call it? The, uh, oh, blockchain, the uh, blockchain technology. Uh, um, yeah. Blockchain. Have they done it or is it like that woman who conned everyone by saying she had a blockchain actually, and actually didn't? All of the other cryptocurrencies, but, uh, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know what the end game of this is, but uh... no, because you can't. I mean, you can't really use cryptocurrency for that much at the moment, really. It's not so... backed up by the Bank of England. <laughs> but what's the point? I I've guess not really looked into that thoroughly, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's my first thing. Oh, I mean, just question. in general. Yeah, no. I mean, I would imagine it's just you know a, a splashy headline to get into the paper and look like you're innovative and Chancellor two point zero. But uh, <laughs> quick way to potentially raise some cash. Mm, I'm going mm. to assume we'll just start paying all of the civil servants and nurses in um, cryptocurrency. Well, yeah. I'll be getting paid in yeah. cryptocurrency. So, when it inevitably yeah, takes a nosedive, that'll be interesting. Well, I'd also, I mean, to be fair, that's handy for me because I do all my shopping on the dark oh, exactly, web, as you yeah. well know. So. I prefer I prefer the barter system of the dark web. If I want some bread, you can have some guns or whatever, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, alongside literally sucking out the life of people, EBC can supposedly turn people to stone with a single gaze, like the Medusa. So avoid looking into its eyes at all costs. The only way to truly avoid the torment of this foul foul is to find the egg before it hatches and burn it immediately. Bang. 
The hen or rooster who laid the egg must also be killed to ensure it can no longer birth any more monstrosities. If EBC has already hatched, however, and is living underneath the house, far more drastic measures are in order, Neil. What kind of measures would you would you employ if you found out that there was a chicken, reptile, medusa... It's clearly demonic. Um, I think nothing short of a full-scale exorcism. Yeah, a, a witch and maybe yeah, a witch well, Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, there's probably some, some local witches, so we probably, yeah, probably need to, yeah, have a prayer session and, and uh, an exorcism you got, combined. And you've got to wonder where the people are getting their information about... You we'll know, just start, some start some up another full-scale inquisition, I mean, perhaps. That might be... I always thought, you know, <laughs> I'll talk about whatever his name was, was quite a natty dresser. Wouldn't mind one of those hats. Well, I think apart from the red's quite quite a good. Apart look. from the books, which apart from the books which you personally um, approve, probably burn all the rest of them in case they've got. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a good thing is with the Inquisition is you know just uh, long as long as you do enough praying, you get get directed the right way, and you know worst case scenario, you burn an innocent, but then they go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, win win, isn't it? It's like the old, yeah, you know, the old ducking stools for uh, testing out whether someone's a witch. If they drown, they're innocent, and they go yeah, to heaven. Either way, if they fly, burn them. <laughs> wow, that's justice at work. <laughs> I can't see any any um, possible so, means for uh, corruption in this. So just you know, no, absolutely not. Anyone who's or, slightly um, eccentric, or just like a woman who hasn't sort of like completely gone down and done what's expected in medieval society, yeah. harassing them for no reason, almost a coherent thought. Yeah. So. The first and least reliable way to expel the beast requires the help of an experienced sorcerer. Yeah, the sorcerer must perform a ritual that involves placing two mechai rods in the shape of a cross so they point to the four corners of the house while simultaneously spreading an odorous poison across the floor. This will prompt the subterranean serpent to let out a deafening whistle. I begin to think that's one of the whistles, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, according to most accounts, however, the only truly foolproof way to get rid of a mature BC is to burn Don't the house down there. entirely. Burn, burn all the woodland Just as well. Bomb it. Nuclear weaponry. So, appearance. EBC begins its life as a small round egg that's greyish white in colour and is said to resemble a marble. Right, this is and this is going to be tough. There's a lot of L's and I's in this, and O's. This is known as a Ilolilolli egg. That's <laughs> L-L-O-I. Ilolilolli Illoli, Illoli, leg. Or um, Ilolilolli leg, egg. Two L's might be pronounced as a Y as well to complicate things. Yeah, Ilolilolli. Certainly in French, I believe, in Spanish. Lolly, Yolly, Yolly, Yolly. Would that be it? Yolly, Yolly? Yeah, got it. So, what makes this egg particularly distinct is that it doesn't have a yolk. <laughs> Where does the fucking That would be bird really helpful in like California because you've got your egg white omelette. Now you've just. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... If you could get the yeah, eggs from um, a El Basilico, super larger. Yeah, get some Yolly, Yolly eggs. Place. <laughs> Got what's called LB. You can have an LB egg, please. All white omelette. They just got more protein, Chris. It's got a healthier protein. It's because they get all of it from saliva. From... 
Chilean. <laughs> very healthy. Good amino acids. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and in fact, they've got very rich red blood cells because of the lack of oxygen up there. Because they're living all you know, high altitude. Let's, let's, let's just yeah, let's go around. <laughs> um, after it has been successfully incubated, the oli oli egg hatches to reveal a red, a bright red earthworm, which wriggles away from its den. It takes about a year for this creepy crawly to mature into the horrifying hybrid that is L B. Isn't this how Boris Johnson was conceived? <laughs> Or you know, submit with your um, own right wing celebrity. Have fun. <laughs> Once it's reached maturity, EBC resembles a snake with the head of a vibrant red crest of a rooster. Um, its petite, uh, undulating body sprouts two tiny wings which cannot fly, and two short legs which can't I'll really tell you walk. What, we, <laughs> we were let off when he couldn't fly with those. Imagine one of those fucking things flying around the house. That wouldn't be good, would it? Sure, put. Uh, I'd probably keep them as pets at that point, wouldn't you? Um, it can only crawl to get around, which gives it something of a pitiful appearance. Mm. Ah, I can't get around, and I only want a little bit of saliva to survive. In short, whoever had a hand in creating EBC was either very drunk or had a very cruel sense of humour. That's God, isn't it? There you go. That's how he rolls a big man. <laughs> can, that can be thrown at him for a lot of stuff. Well, if you, you choose, know, you to, take, choose you to know, believe him. Swings and roundabouts. We also have to be thankful for all the good. Yep. And what better, my poor fool, than to, to give you an appreciation of it than, uh, than all, of the, all of the awful rubbish as well. That's all about balance. <laughs> What we mortals so fail to appreciate. Yeah, it's true. So, origin, origin story. I thought we'd already had that. So, the myth of... Or is this like like the, the vampire no, like from Dracula 2000 and we found out it was Judas? 2000 or 300, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, that was Gerard Butler. No, and it turns out it was, it was Judas. And when he, he cursed himself and became the original vampire. Oh, I've heard that. It's, I think that's actually kind of a cool before. twist, but the film's fucking terrible. It's like um, Limp Biscuit the Vampire. <laughs> what a shitty fucking music. <laughs> the, that awful late 90s metal that they were coming out with, with the fucking baseball caps and some black rap, you know. Yeah, metal um, yeah. with rap. Well, like the, the rap 80s stuff, the fine. Who were the other ones? Well, you had like Anthrax like doing it in the eighties, but they genuinely like appreciate the early hit and stuff. But no, yeah, it was like Limp Bizkit and fucking um, oh god, Pat Roach probably. Um, they were famous. No, who's the big the big one? I thought Limp Bizkit was a big one. Um, Limp Bizkit was big, but not really in the UK. There was a bigger bigger metal rap one. Oh, I'll remember it. Who were they? Oh, the guy, the guy, the guy who's gone all mad and now believes in UFOs. Believes in all UFOs. Sort of blink one eight two or something, but they were more of a pop pop. Yeah, blink one eight two was the one thinking of. Stuff. I I didn't listen to any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought they were more of a sort of pop punk like Green Day kind of thing. No, they were kind of no, they were as well. Well, yeah, that's kind of that kind of horrible genre. I mean, because you talk about very well, it just reminds me that there was a. A guy who was, and there was another one of these awful bands, but this is more of a mopey gothy one. But um, they were called Stains, and um, yeah, he became like a like a real country singer now, apparently. 
Yeah, this is just had oh, a, bit, nice. a bit of a hit in the uh, country 100 or whatever they call it, the American sort of music. Basically talking about... And I'm going back to Tennessee. It's basically slagging off the meds. Am I the only one who lives in Tennessee? See what's going on. Oh, that kind of show is. I'm going back to my farm where Why can't I? all the so glorious will melt away. <laughs> Here's that white and blue. There's nothing stopping you. Just shut up. Where I'm no longer ashamed to love Why can't I? Gerrymandered in districts. Why can't I? Bring holy rights and empty minorities. Am I the only one who's the only American? <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. And that's why we're not country singers. Politics country and singer. Not sure what country. Uh, so, origins, the myth of... They seem quite nice. <laughs> a little hobby people. Right, the Concord's got that stitched up. Uh, so, the myths of EBC date back to roughly the 16th century, Neil. That's a long one. That's a very old myth, isn't it? and is likely to have been heavily influenced by the arrival of the Spanish conquistadors to the Chiloé archipelago. These conquistadors began their conquest of the islands in 1567, during which time their superstitious belief began to fuse with the myths of the indigenous Chono and Huliche people. Yeah, because um, the old flying serpent and all that business... Um, it's like a cockle yeah. Yeah. and that kind of thing. That's um, that's very much kind of uh, Inca mm. Aztec. Yeah, that's, that's thing, kind isn't of it? more Peruvian, I think. But yeah, that, I mean, not that they were strict, the same strict boundaries and stuff. I'm not quite sure. With the Aztec Empire, well, they all, all of them date back. Well, the earliest sort of known higher civilization, rather than just sort of tribal, was mm. the Olmecs, which they all kind of sprouted out. So they would have similar. You know, like the Abrahamic religions all got similarities. So they'd they'd have similar kind of gods and stuff, you'd think. And love of the stars. Um, So it was in this way that much of the Chilote mythology was formed. Since the Chiloé archipelago was isolated from mainland of Chile, it was unaffected when the Mapuche people began occupying or destroying Spanish settlements in 1598, unless the local people were able to preserve their unique culture. Thus, EBC is believed to be a combination of three, count them three, One. mythical beasts. The basilisk. Basilisk? No. <laughs> the basilisk, yeah, oh, and the cockatrice yes. brought over... I know that one because I fought one in which three. <laughs> Uh, brought over from Europe by the Spanish conquistadors and the Colo Colo, a villainous creature from Puche mythology. <clears throat> Arguably, the most famous of this terrible trilogy is a basilisk, which resembles a colossal snake that can cause death with a single glance. Stone, isn't it, like the Medusa? In fact, yeah. Yeah. Uh, EBC literally translates to mean the uh, Chilote basilisk and serves as a testament to just how well-known this cantankerous cobra has become. The cockatrice also bears a variety of similarities to the 
Basilisk. Basilisk. And is often depicted as a tomb. Basilisk. Huh? Basilisk. Uh, I wanted to do Owlman, and you've made me do this, and you know all the words. <laughs> and it's I'll often depicted as a two. Time. That'd be fun. Uh, and it's often depicted as a two-legged dragon or serpentine creature with a rooster's head and a small vestigial wings. Vestigial wings, sorry. In fact, by the 14th century, the cockatrice had become virtually synonymous with the basilisk. Yeah, basilisk. basilisk. In spite of the fact that the latter was conventionally wingless. Much like EBC, it was rumoured to have been born from an egg laid by a cockle, although this egg had to be incubated by either a toad or a snake. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, what, what kind of uh, madman are actually doing this? I've heard this before with the basilisk. It's, yeah, it's like the hen lays it, but the rooster actually brings it to term or something. So hen lays an egg. and the, the So I think the the, to get a basilisk, you have to have, like... The hen lays the egg, I guess, and then a rooster actually, you know, incubates. Well, it's saying it's saying here that um, the egg's laid by a cockerel, so that's a boy. So the boy lays the egg. He ain't got egg laying parts, um, so I don't know how that. No, so I don't know whether they're just getting a bit mixed up here. Whoever's written this, they don't know that a cockerel's a male. Um. And then it's incubated, so sat on by a toad or a snake. Hence, uh, the DNA seeps out of their stomach mm. in through the egg membrane. So, the colo colo, colo colo, by contrast, derives from the mythology America, of the people. Quite a lot of early kind of like um, genetic crossbreeding of, um, you know, plants and things like that. So, you have to wonder is this some sort of you know, some early indigenous kind of like, Could yeah, you know, they were playing around with animals as well. You know, a lot of lot of things we take for mm. granted now come from uh, from South America, like tomatoes and potatoes and all sorts of... Um, potatoes, yeah, onions. And, yeah, they, they were managed to sort of like, I think they've gone back to and found the sort of original sort of um, things they had to, to work with. They were sort of incredible kind of like um, uh, gardeners and able to sort of like, you know, um, crossbreed all of these things to produce things that you can actually eat. And um, yeah, well, that's all it was. But there's like a staple grain that's um, this book fourteen ninety one. It talks about what happens. Well, you know, Columbus having came over. Yeah, oh. and um, yeah, it's all, yeah. They found yeah. So it, I think it might be just like the maize crop, but I can't remember what it's called. There's the, the hmm. if you if you go find where the, the original wild plant where this would have come from, it's like practically inedible, and it's like you know really really yeah. you know moved on genetically from where the, yeah from, the, from where we had the, you know the current crop. The, you know, yeah, the very um, exactly. Yeah, the, the cultivation stuff have been really kind of like, uh, yeah. Well, they've got, um, you know, that's people kind of they think of ayahuasca, which is the hallucinogen drink, which um, people go and take because it can really help people with depression and stuff like that. But they kind of think that they're kind of, you know, they think of it as a spiritual thing, and it is weird because it's from two pretty. It's made from two plants that are both pretty rare in the rainforest, and like, who thought to stick these together mm. and have a drink? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, I mean, like to try every plant with every plant in the Amazon. <laughs> a little bit of time. Um, so, um, so the Kolo Kolo, by contrast, arrives from the mythology of the Mapuche people who live predominantly in South Central Chile and southwestern Argentina. Uh, its appearance varies depending on the region, but it often depicts either a feathered rat 
or a reptile with a rat's head. The rabid rodent was believed to hatch from an egg laid by a snake and incubated by a rooster. Once it had hatched, a kolo kolo would hide underneath the house and secretly feast on the saliva of the residents. Eventually, the local saliva... Oh, evidently... No, I'm not reading that. Unlike our EBC, however, the kolo kolo could be exercised from a home by a special Mapuche religious leader known as a machi. It's commonly believed that legends such as Kolo Kolo and EBC evolved out of the fact that locals had no explanation for the occurrence of various illnesses, yeah, which makes make sense. sense. So they're often, often blamed on well, much as, forces. you know, if you read back some of the... the yeah. I remember did a history of medicine for GCC, I think it was. There was a really hilarious thing when they had sort of comparing um, Eastern and Western medicine. So, you know, it's sort of the Western medicine was like, yeah. oh, someone's got a headache. And it's like, oh, they're plagued by demons. Let's say, let's trip out the skull and open up, get the demons out. Whereas, yeah. you know, the Eastern was like, yeah, well, which, which obviously agree is just with. sensible medicine. And, you know, they've read, they've studied their game and they actually we, know the four humours properly. Which Eastern medicine, it's like, probably drink some water, have a salad and, you know, avoid rich foods. Rest, rest, rest for a few days well, yeah, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Demons well, are all you know, heavily trapans. You're going to go furious in yeah, there, well, aren't they? I mean, I've been... I've been feeling a lot better since I got my 12th trepanning. Do you know people um, still do yeah, trepanning I mean, this day? Yeah, yes, they do, do know that, yeah. They do it themselves. Yeah, but, yeah I know. But, I mean, I do it myself, so I do know yeah, that's a good point. Probably should listen next time, should I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, I mean, Eastern, Med- yeah, Eastern medicine's got loads to teach us. And to be fair, I would say that tribal medicine has a lot to teach us from people who are indigenous to these areas. I mean, we only have... I mean, there's lots well, of stuff Yeah, it's like from malaria. Have, I mean, Quinine don't know about. about... I mean, that was. I think that's a true bark. That might be from the Americas, actually, Quinine, which is these street um, malaria. Well, penis, first, first antibiotics sort of came from um, nomads who lived in, I believe, the Sahara... And basically, if they got if they got a cut that was infected or something, they would take mould off of the leather on the horse's saddle and rub it on there, and it was penicillin. So, you know, there's these things kicking about, but um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know how much GlaxoSmithKline, GlaxoSmithKline, actually, yeah, whatever, actually um, would be listening to. Tribal elders. In, fa- in fairness, well, I think it's it's um, more to do with the um, how much money spent on R and D of new things rather than just um, rehashing stuff you've already got patents on. But um, no, I think I think in fairness there is there's, there's an quite a lot of field investigation has been. There is an argument though that there is more money in treatment than cure. Well, that, let's not go down um, that rabbit hole. I you mean, know, yeah, I suspect to an extent there's probably some truth in that, but uh, I think it's more about what mm-hmm. you can patent and. Um, you know, how much money you can make. So if you've got yeah, an existing patent and that's being used for treatment, then obviously you can. it's a lot easier to make money than trying to create something brand new that's effective and, and safe. And then yeah, that takes... But a- rather than... And I, well, I know why, because this would go entirely against the very moral fabric of the people who are in charge of government. But rather than setting up a British cryptocurrency, should we not fund researchers and set up a British medical organisation that does research and try and goes out and does that stuff and then tries to um, produce medicines that benefit You've humanity. You've got MRC, it's just, you know, well, how well are you funding them or not? That's a different question, but yeah. Well, it's not much money, Chris. <laughs> Except when there is. 
until it is, yeah. <clears throat> so, look, let's just face the facts. Neither you nor partic- I went to Eton, so we're not qualified to talk about any of this stuff. So. That's true. I didn't even go to university. Imagine that. That's uh, in- off immediately. <laughs> That's the only reason you hang around with me. Whenever we're off, whenever we're off air, you're going, uh, you boy, <laughs> hitting me with your cane. Um, in particular, they served as a satisfactory explanation for consumptive diseases like cancer, leukemia, and chronic lung conditions, which religious healers throughout Chile were powerless to defend against during that time. Another more bizarre explanation for the origins of these mythical beasts is related to their birth, as they were frequently described as a product of a male rooster or an elderly hen. These monsters may have been a physical representation of the psychological anxiety that local people had about abnormal sexual activity, such as intercourse between men or pregnancy and old age. Maybe. About it. In short... EBC may be the most homophobic, blah, blah, blah. I suppose maybe um, if you get a bit older, you do, you get, you know, you, you start getting a bit more, you start to lose your energy and stuff. So it's better, it's better to blame it. You know, it's like, oh, I'm having a little bit of trouble downstairs. The wife is, you know, it's probably, you know, it's probably LB. Been in here, stationed on my saliva. Um, so to yeah. look at him, it's a long it time in the 16th century like in Viagra, Chris. Well, the thing is with the, I mean, I, I don't know this. Um, I'm ignorant on the subject of what the belief systems of the um, whoever it was, the Maui, or no, not Maui. That's that's a different thing. Um, uh, the Mapuche. I'm I'm ignorant to their belief systems. I don't know that most. I don't. I mean, I honestly don't know. I don't. I wasn't aware of there being a lot of um, anti-homosexual sentiment. Um, but, you know, I would say that that would be something that probably came with the conquistadors. Oh, no, I was thinking more of erectile dysfunction, but... Uh... <laughs> As usual. It's a bit on my mind about Chris Summer. It's always top of mind. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, it's saying that you know, it could be psychological anxiety about abnormal sexual activity, but I'm not sure that that was something that seems to have come in with the Abrahamic religion. I mean, yeah, that would have, so, would have been part of the, um, yeah, part of the whole sort of Christian stuff coming across. But, uh, hmm. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, I don't know enough about what their their beliefs, the ancient people's beliefs were, but um, I would say in general it doesn't tend don't to know. be... Don't know. Don't know how much of that kind of like, as, as backwards as kind yeah, of yeah. No, well, also I don't know how much we sort of understand about sort of the, the broader beliefs and things like that, and things like that, and the moral systems because uh, there wasn't a written record, was there? No, they were just you know, they were just killed up. Um, so Neil, this week <clears throat> I am going to be selecting my uh, numbers by um, I've tied. <laughs> I've tied little flags onto several hundred flies that I have currently buzzing around my room. And I have in front of me four Venus fly traps. So, um, again, by summoning the wisdom that is inherent throughout the universe and within the life and death cycle of nature, I'm going to be 
whichever fly gets caught by each fly trap. I've got them under yogurt pots at the moment. I remove the lid, see which it fly goes time, in. But it sounds like a, you know, a thorough... There's a lot of flies. It won't take very long. <laughs> Maybe too many. Um, so, spookiness, Neil, you go first. So, I think the idea of some... And there we go. Um, so... <laughs> Um, hopefully uh, you hadn't heard those and maybe got something out of it. Who knows? Uh, the world's a strange place. Um, we will be back with another one of these next week. We're currently working on the Christmas miniseries, so it's taking a bit of time. Um, we both have work and stuff as well. Um, but, yeah, um, obviously, contact us at herb.legends dot podcast at gmail.com or uh, on x at legends urbane should you want to or you've got any ideas for series six um, we're going to be planning the start of that over christmas as well um, but apart from that i uh, hope you've had a good week and i hope you have uh, much success uh many wins and uh get a nice feeling of warmth and joy over the next week and we'll be back then goodbye